Yeah, man, I've been, uh, shit, it's been going down. Like, I've been doing a lot of podcasts lately. I, I wasn't, I really didn't think it was going to turn into this, but, hey, wherever it leave me, man, you know what I'm saying? Wherever it leave me. All right, so let's set this up right so we can make sure we catch everything. That should be good right there. One, two, one, two. Say something for me. What's good? No doubt. We good. All right. Word. All right, so microphone check one. I'm not going to say that because Joe Budden says that, and this is not the Joe Budden podcast. You are tuned into Panther Politics. I'm your host, Seven the Panther, and today I am blessed to be in the presence of one of the truest individuals I've met since I got here. Um, I met him at my first show in Tacoma, and we've been rocking ever since then. I got my man. Some of y'all know him as Coley. Some of y'all know him as the cool guy down at Real Art that was keeping people on the stage on time. <laughs> My man KP, the killer percussionist. What's good, How brother? How you guys doing, man? How you doing, brother? Oh, man. Good to see you, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Always, Thank always. Yeah. Yes, so, sir. I know um, a lot of people may not be familiar. They may have just caught on since you started your killer percussionist situation. Yeah. Uh, but, like, what's your history in it? Like, just so, they, just so people know who they're talking to, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is your history in, in the music, man? Well, I've um, started off... Um, I started off as a metal front man. I've been a metal front man for 17 years. Um, I joined my first band, uh, John Mary, in 2001. I was like 26 years old at the time. (laughs) Yeah, I'm up there in age, guys. I actually just turned 45 uh, uh, Saturday. Hey. Thank you, man. Happy birthday. So that right there. And um, so, yeah, so this, uh, so what ended up happening, I, like I said, I've been doing it for 17 years. And um, within that 17 years, I was trying to experiment with being a percussionist in, um, in, um, in metal. And sadly, a lot of guys didn't really, a lot of the band members didn't take heed to it as well, I should say. And so, so pretty much I ended up this year, or actually it was not, not this year, it was actually last year where I, um... <laughs> if y- y'all just, just listened to the audio, if y'all had any idea what we was just going through trying yeah. to get this phone to stand up, like, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, so, yeah, so, oh man, what's up, my boy Thornfield in the house? So, um, I, um, so I decided, you know what, man, I'm just gonna go ahead and become a percussionist. So I got my first piece of gear. I was um, in, um, where was it? I was at Guitar Center. I had went and got this little loan. What's going on, Ready Ron Beats? Ready Ron, what Ready up, Ron. homie? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I got, I went, and, so I went and got this steel can drum, this street can drum from LP, Latin Percussion, put that together, and I got another couple pieces. And then it just accumulated where I, I just ended up getting a drum kit. No doubt. And so I started playing drums and percussion. You know what? I'm going to move over here. So All right, brother. Me. No, yeah, good. exactly. Good, yeah, yeah then I'll see you too, man. Hi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, so when we did, so that, when that occurred, I just, I was like, you know what, man? I've been wanting to do this for a while. So I decided to just go ahead and just give it a shot. And you shot the hell out of it. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> you shot the hell out of it. I'm going to tell did, you that. And then when you know, I we did, we just take the cord out of cool. it. And so when I did, and we did our first, um, it was um, Anthony. Shout out to my man King Flies. Hey. He gave, um, gave me a shot for at the black at the first Black Lives Matter show that he booked. 
and that he could put together. And that from that point on, it just it just started catapulting. Now I know for a fact uh, at that at that initial Black Lives Matter show, I think I got there a little late. Uh, I, yeah. I just got off of work, so I missed you. Yeah, I was I was pissed. I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> so uh, now the second Black Lives Matter show, which happened this past January, yeah, uh, we were both on the bill again, mm-hmm. and um, I was floored, bro. I'm gonna just say, like, oh, like I've, I've heard a lot of drummers in my life. I mean, I've done shows with the Roots, so I've seen Quest Love up close and personal. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, to see somebody, especially somebody I know that didn't start out as a percussionist, you know right. what I'm saying? Um, we had never even talked about percussion in the times that we talked about music we always right. talked about other things so i was like wait kobe plays the drums and then i saw it with my own two eyes and i was just like fuck he's <laughs> awesome holy yeah. shit so like the whole time you were playing man me and a couple of other guys that were upstairs like looking from up over up the top level of columbia city theater we were kind of up there freestyling to the, to the and then you started calling rappers to the stage and, yeah. I, and I, I will say man like uh I rap over a lot of production. Uh, Ready Ron Beats is tuned in. Me and Ready working Ready. on the album. Yes, sir. Um, I, I rap to a lot of beats, man. But there's something about live percussion that just brings brings it out of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So absolutely, I appreciate that, man. So I mean, um, now you know the music is a beautiful thing, and I and I love your dedication not only to your music but to the scene as a whole. Thank um, you. You know, a lot a lot of cats don't even realize they may not realize how much you support artists in, in Tacoma, Seattle area. Um, like us not neither one of us being from here, right? Um, us being from areas that are probably a little slightly more established because you're from the home of Motown. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yes, the home sir. of Motown. Not only that, but the hip hop scene there is thriving. You know, and I'm yeah. not just talking Eminem. I'm talking all of the guys you don't hear a lot about: Black Milk, Guilty Simpson. I got like a lot of those guys, man. Slum Village, Slum my Village. Brother, my Woo! brother, you know, big time. My brother was uh, Sadiq. My brother is uh, is a producer. He, he worked with Slum Village. He worked oh, with Jay Dillon. I'm so jealous yeah, right like, now. I mean, my brother, a lot of people don't even know. Like, my brother, if you, my brother and Jay Dillon are like, those are two, two peas in a pod. Like, you just, my brother is so freaking talented. This man is like, is, is older than me, but he's like, he was picked as one of the top five house dancers you know, in his 40s, dude, like this is, you know what I mean? So it's just like me and my brother, man, I, I just, it's a, it, it amazes oh, me wow. how, yeah, how That's we. That's dope. Well, yeah, I mean, because we just, we love music, man. And it's like for us, we don't, for people who think that you got to be a certain age or when you get a certain age, you, you need to just give up, don't. And I say that to everybody. Don't give up on music, period, man. Because the thing is that, you start getting better as you get older, as Absolutely. you become, as you grow, you become better at your craft. So it was like, for me, one of those things where it was like, all right, I'm coming up in age and I do see myself doing a lot of really cool things in music. And so that's where, you know, being percussionist and then just helping the community and helping talk about, I mean, in fact, on, um, in July, I'm going to be doing a, um, I'm going to be having a, a, a speech and a performance where I'm going to talk with people about my experience as a, in my journey as a musician and where where I'm going and how they can create their own niche and those sort of things in music and not feel what's going on. See, I man DJ C before, big up, what's good with you boss man? So, um, but seeing how I've been able to help a lot of people do that and just looking at myself as a musician and seeing that 
I can make a difference by just being me. And especially within black musicians, you know, we have this thing where we feel like we, we have to be stuck in a, in a, we have to be pigeonholed a lot. Right. And, and we don't, you know, and I say that to everyone, like you look at history, you look at the way we've, you know, created music, you know what I mean? Like, just look at the, the, the we created the spin the rest of the world moves to. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. So with that, you know, that being able to spread that love and, and, and sharing it within the community, within Tacoma, giving them this enriching feeling of black music and what it means and what it represents, you know, and just and just being able to do that. I've just for me, it's just been a it's it's been a very enriching experience and it's been a hell of a blessing. Man. No doubt. Absolutely. You know, now, see, so. you said and I, I, I take note to the uh, fact that you says, uh, you know, uh, Atlas, what up, Atlas, bro? Good, hey, baby. just had a dope interview with him too. Uh, oh, yeah, a few days yeah. ago. Yo, man, that yeah. guy's dope. Um, being that we are black musicians, um, mm-hmm. now this is one thing that I have noticed. Um, I moved here from the East Coast. You moved here from Detroit. Yeah. Um, the diversity here is a beautiful thing. Yes. But it also has its drawbacks. Very much so. And the reason I say that is this, because you, sometimes we get to the point where we're so inclusive with everybody being around that we forget the importance of being black musicians. We forget the importance of being black people in this art of music and, and forgetting that with all these other people jumping in and doing all this other stuff that they're doing things that we started. Yeah. So we should still, uh, to a de- I mean, uh, you know, my wife and I talk about this all the time uh, because she's like, man, there's so many white white guys, white boys rapping now. And I'm like, well, yeah, but you know, they, they do it because they, you know, regardless of whether they realize it or not, they look up to us. Oh yeah. They want they want to be what we are without having the the hard the hardships of who we are. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. So oh, yeah. and that's and that's something that's uh that's prevalent in not only hip hop but in all art forms. I see um you know even when I look at basketball players, I say, you know, there are there's a difference between uh you know Brent Berry winning a dunk contest and you know Michael Jordan going out and winning a dunk contest because we know from him getting cut from basketball teams and the struggle that he went through just to get to the University of North Carolina, what Michael exactly. Jordan had to go through. And um, with Brent Barry, he's the son of Rick Barry. You, yeah. You're the son of NBA royalty already. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So your path is already kind of cleared for you. All you have to do is prove that you can put the ball in the hole. Right. And you, and you got a job. So well, and, that, and, and, and speaking on that, <clears throat> you take a player like, pardon me, you take a player like LeBron James. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Who came from... Basically, high school, no, you know, father wasn't in the home, low income, and he basically took, he took his talent, his blessed talent, and he, he rolled with it, man, and he's been able to, he's opened up a school, he's, he's been able to have, you know, create businesses, money, he's got money on top of money, he's been, he's been a loyal, a loyal family man, all of those things, no doubt, you know, and here's this guy, like you say, you got mostly white guys who come out of NBA royalty. Well, I'm sorry, but here's this guy who came, don't, you know, who doesn't even have that royalty. He became NBA royalty on his own. They call him King James for a reason. Yeah. No doubt. They call him. So, and, and, you know, the school thing, him, and a lot of people don't even know, Derrick Rose did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Derrick Rose opened a school in Chicago. So I'm like, you know, we have to, we have to start acknowledging the beautiful things that our people do. And standing behind these guys, what regardless of what your opinion of them is as a, as a player, mm-hmm. uh, as a Lakers fan, I kind of hate LeBron's on my team right now for for a myriad of reasons. But as an individual, right, I res- have so much respect for LeBron James. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous, man. So um, now out here in this particular zone, like what what are the what are the pervasive things you see as being the problems 
in the local music scene? Like, I know, because I know what I think my opinion is of what's wrong. Right. But, like, what do you see? Well, definitely a, a I definitely see that there's a lack of um, understanding cultural, um, where, where it comes from. It always seems like there's an argument when it comes to where, when it comes to black music. Yes. You know, where where rap music comes from, where rock and roll comes from, there's always this argument. And the thing is is that it would be it would it would help if people would stop being so quick to have this argument and just look at facts. We always want to talk about, especially within our society, we want to talk about facts, we want to talk about, well, you need to pick up the book and this, that, and other. But then at the same time, those very people, hate to say it, but white America Y'all have a tendency to say, well, pick up a book and this, that, and other. But it's like, okay, which books do you pick up? Exactly. Right? You know, <laughs> be more specific about what book to pick up. Because just telling me to pick up a book, I'm going I'm liable to pick up anything. I'll pick up Mary, I'll pick up the three, I'll pick up the uh, Charlotte's Web. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. If you're gonna say we'll pick up a book, yeah, I can just go there. I can pick up Dr. Seuss. Right, <laughs> I mean, but it's some of like, y'all rappers sound like y'all pick yeah, up some like of y'all do some really yeah. do like Fisher <laughs> Price MCs, Hasbro, Mattel, y'all just straight toys, my dude. Like, okay, let me just put it out there, man. Oh, I love some it. of y'all are straight action figures when it comes to freaking Real rap shit. music, man. Real shit. It's like y'all are like y'all are like paper dolls, man. Like you can just, it's it's sad. But anyway, needless to say. That and the fact that since we're speaking on that subject, um, the the lack of allowing black artists. What's up, Coach? It's one of my old uh, football coaches from school, man. <laughs> so, um, but from the lack of the lack of, of of um, what's the word I was looking for? The lack of education within our school system about about our our, our musicians, Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix is an icon in rock music. Yes. Okay? Hands down. And the sad thing is that there are so many people who don't realize, especially with, within our culture, that his style, his, his, his swagger, everything, he died young, but guess what? Every rock and roll musician, guitarist, all of them try to emulate Jimi. Absolutely. They want Absolutely. to emulate the man, and it is, and they didn't recognize how much of a talent this man was. Miss Mango, how you doing, beautiful? The people did not realize how much of a talent this man was until he got over to England, and then white folks over in England started saying, "Look, I'm sorry, but Jimmy's ours." No, he ain't. He's black. You know what's crazy? <laughs> I, now the funny thing about you saying that is, I didn't find out Jimmy Hendrix was from Seattle until um. Probably about a year or two before I moved out here, mm -hmm. and I've been I've been here for almost three years now. So like, uh, not until about a year or so before I moved out, I thought Jimi Hendrix was from England. Yeah, this whole time, like I mm -hmm. never knew he was from America for one, mm -hmm. from Seattle for two, and I didn't know that he was so. J Jimi Hendrix was very, uh, very, very aware of the fact that he was a black man playing in a game where they didn't want him. Yeah, he was very aware of that. Very much, and so, so you know that's um uh, now I. <clears throat> To lead to one of my things that I have a problem with, um, and we discussed this before on the post and also on the inbox for a minute, uh, all of this pay-to-play shit. Oh, um, dude, yes, yes. Oh, my God. Okay, here was one situation I had got, and this really got to me. I had where, a, a, a I'm not going to mention who the person is, 
if I have this person and I talk about, I was talking about getting, you know, putting down drums, live drums, live percussion for hip hop artists, local hip hop artists. And I'm like, well, you know, if you guys want me to do stuff like that, you want me to do studio work, you want me to do, you know what I'm saying? Hey, what's going on, Peyton? Pay me, right? You know what I mean? And I'm not asking for much. But at the same time, the same person who's booking the show, booking this book show, big show, he was asking me to get on the show to perform. Get this, y'all. He asked me to pay 600 bucks to get on, okay? But when I had, and then after that, it was like a couple weeks after that, I had posted about me getting paid because I had got asked to play guitar, come to a studio and play some guitar. I said, well, you're going to have to pay me, okay? And I didn't get an ad, and I didn't receive an answer back from that, all right, guys? Like, what's going on, boss man? So I got, I got, um, didn't get an answer from that, all right? And then I had posted on Facebook about like, hey, look, guys, if you guys want us to do session work or you want us to, to become a hired musician on your live show, hey, pay us. So all I asked the gentleman, so he hits me up and he says, well, how much are you looking for? And I told him, I said 200. And he went off on this thing about how his, he's bringing value and he couldn't, that's not, that's not bringing value and you're just trying to do it for the money. But you were the same guy who said that I need to pay 600 bucks to perform on one of your shows because you got a big name act on who's been out, who hasn't been in the game for a long time. In fact, they ended up becoming hip hop honors, um, um, hall of hip hop honors honorees. Yeah. They ended up becoming one of those guys just to put it out there. In other words, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> like when you become a hip hop honoree, just in case y'all didn't know it's over. Yeah. We done heard the best of you. Now go sit down somewhere yeah. and enjoy your success. Cool. Thank you. Like seriously, <laughs> please. No diss, but I will listen to your stuff. And the funny thing is that you're still going to get a paycheck because I decided to listen to your stuff. Yeah. Your old stuff. You're still getting that paycheck, bud. Absolutely. So stop it. So yeah. I mean, Man, like, look, I'm going I'm to just keep it a buck with you. Uh, promoters, I hope y'all are paying attention. If there are any promoters tapping into this live, if there are any promoters who are going to be listening when I post the audio, if you ever try to charge me $600 to get on your show, be prepared to fight. Or That's be, all. Yeah, or, or you know what? Be ready to fight. I'm or, ready for you. Really? Or you know what's even you know what's even worse? Blasting them on social media. Oh yeah. Blasting you guys on social media. Here's what you will end up doing. You say, well, you would never say that to my face. You're a keyboard warrior because you know you get punched in the mouth. No, you guys are going on the internet and you're what's going on, my man Kevin? Ah, you guys are going on the internet. And you're basically saying, I'm going to charge you this amount of money. You pay me. And then you're going to be like, if I turn around and say, dude, that's a little bit too much. Oh, y'all don't want to hustle. Y'all don't want to You ain't do serious. You're not serious. You're not this. All I'm, right, brother, man. I, I'm serious. I'm not going to pay you $600 fucking dollars to get on your show. How, how about you. that? Thank you. <laughs> like, where, dude, like, where do you guys get off doing that? They, okay, I'm going to put it this way. I, all I know is from the time I jumped off the porch and got in the game, the deal was the promoter books the show. The promoter contacts the artist. If you want me on your stage, you cut the check and I'm coming. You can put up the flyers. 
I'm gonna do my part too because I want my people who may not see your flyer wherever you put it. I'm gonna do my part because I want them to come see me. Right. But at the end of the day, I'm the talent. If there ain't no talent, you ain't got no show. Ain't nobody exactly. coming to the club to see your ass, nigga. You know what I'm right. saying? So I'm like, exactly. the fuck, y'all. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, bro, like I can't remember the last time I heard a motherfucker tell me, hey. The only motherfucker I heard, only promoter I heard somebody talking about and giving them props was my my man Pat from my FYE the Mob. They was like, yo, Pat that dude. But there ain't nobody coming to the club to see Pat. And Pat knows that. Right. Pat is well aware, yo, the name of my company is selling the show. They're not coming to see me. They're coming to this because it's an FYE event, not because Pat's going to be here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, like, busted. I get it. If you're having a showcase and you're a new promoter and you got new artists that never done shows before and they trying to get their feet wet, okay, I've seen that before. That's like a little showcase you're putting together to try to put some light on them. Cool. But right. when you have established artists who have done more who have done more shows than you put together. Well over 100 shows. You feel me? Yeah. Done more shows than you've ever put together. You have to be conscious of who you're dealing with. And then I've also seen backdoor dealings where they'll tell one artist, oh, it's this much. Mm -hmm. But then they'll tell this other artist because they know them better, oh, well, just give me this. You can't tell that man to give you 100 and then charge me three because you were supposed to charge both of us two and you need the four, but you only charged him one, so now you're overcharging yeah. me to still yeah. make the 400. No. Yeah, no, and no, that's no. Why, and that's why <laughs> for me, like, I had to, and I'm going to say this out, I'm going to put this out there because I want people to hear where I'm coming from. Um... But why do we get accused of like what music? No, you're right. That's something I'm. Def I'll talk about that in a minute, Mango. Mango. Um, but this one thing I want to say was, um, I get, I get going out selling tickets. I get going out doing certain things to keep, you know, to, to help establish yourself as a as a as an artist. I right. get that. Um, and there are some shows like this week. I got this week. I got a festival coming up. I got the World Rhythm Festival. Okay, I'm not getting paid for that. But at the same time, I got selected to play because right. they saw what I was doing. They liked it and they say, hey, we want you on this. We want you in this festival. Absolutely. Okay. And I can also make merch by, I can also make money by selling my merch there. Right. Right. But when it comes to certain, or even like a charity, like if you're doing it for a cause, like, okay, I can see that. But yeah. when these guys, and I've noticed this with oh, quite a few promoters here who are just starting out. And I ran into this, into this incident too. That sucks, ma. It really is. But I ran into this incident, and we'll touch on that a bit in a bit, Mango. Um, but I ran into this this um, incident where I had to. Hey, Misha. Oops. Uh oh. <laughs> Here we go. Sorry, guys. Well, so anyway, I had this incident where I. Was I mean, being that I've been being a being an established artist. Um, I had this incident where it was one of those things where I'm being told by the promoter what I can and can't say. You remember I was telling you about that. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah, it yeah, was yeah, like yeah. I'm being told that I am not allowed to speak out about certain issues when everybody who knows me know everyone who knows me as an artist even in metal you know that i am i am a black lgbt activist you know that and to tell me to not speak about things that i i contribute to i contribute my music to you know and my and my whole pretty much my whole persona 
and just everyday life, it's like, okay, you cannot sit here and tell me that. I am not going, number one, I'm not going to listen to you, and then I'm going to drop off the show. And if I really wanted to be, if I really wanted to be an a-hole about it, I could have just blasted you all over, all over social media about it. But I don't do that. And then I see a lot of these promoters who come on here, and they're, they act like they're the hands that feed us. <laughs> Let me just put this out there. Pardon my expression. Y'all don't feed us shit. All y'all feed us is a bunch of bullshit, if anything. Absolutely. Seriously. You don't feed us a goddamn thing. What the fuck are you feeding us? Peanuts? And the shit didn't happen to motherfuckers, they'll be unsalted and unseasoned any goddamn way. I don't even like peanuts. Right? See, okay, so <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. But that's the thing. It's like, you guys, look, we appreciate y'all getting out here promoting and doing that stuff because this shit is hard. Yes. But at the same time, you're not the ones up here on your computer writing the fucking six hot ass 16 or dropping a cold ass beat, making sure that at least the bells and whistles on the motherfucker are fitting so then you all can listen to it. He right? walked in. He walked in. I was over here working on trying to lay this verse for this joint. I was like, yo, just let me run through it one time. If I get all the way through it, cool. If I don't, if I fuck up, then I'm going to just stop and we'll hop to the exactly. podcast. But like, exactly. Dog, like, I don't, I don't, okay, this is the part that, that kills me. Mm -hmm. um, I just dropped Crown Chronicles recently. What's up, nephew? I yeah. just dropped Crown Chronicles awesome. on April the 2nd. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Get Thank it, y'all. <laughs> Check his shit out. J. Esco, what up, man? Woo, uh, Esco! Hey, you know what I'm saying? You know how he do <laughs> But, like, the whole thing for me, man, is this. Like, I... I you know, and and I feel good because just before you came in, one of my guys back for back in New York, he um he bought the album on yeah. Bandcamp. Nice. And um, you know, I'm I'm selling it for five. He paid seven, and he said, "Bro, he inboxed me on IG and was like, bro, listen, I just bought your album. I swear, I wish I could have paid more for it.' It's worth. So you mean to tell me I'm going? We go from a standpoint of people who will not buy your music, people who will not support your movement, even though behind closed doors they like, yo, that motherfucker's dope. But they won't support your movement in person or in public because they don't want to be viewed as a dick rider, so to speak, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But but you got a motherfucker all the way on the other side of the country who bought the album and, and, and inboxed me apologizing because he couldn't pay more for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing. that dog, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. My last album, Mal Volume 1? Mm-hmm. Look at this hoodie. Another warm man, in here. Another yeah, it is. Yo, my, my jeans, my, one of my jeans, white guy. Right? And anybody that know me knows I speak on topics that un and to the uneducated person will piss a white person off. Because mm -hmm. if you're not educated, you'll think that I'm targeting you because your lack of education puts you in that train of thought that I'm speaking on. Mm -hmm. This guy, me and him, I've known him forever. He worked in the first professional studio I ever recorded in. Um, I said, yo, man, my album's up. I don't know. You know, it's doing okay, blah, blah, blah. He's like, word, okay. Well, where can I find it? I sent him the link. 20 minutes later, I get a notification on my phone and say, you just sold, uh, sold a copy on Bandcamp. I swiped up. He paid $100 for my album. $100. Mm -hmm. This is a guy who has done enough to push my career forward that he could have just said, give it to me, and I would have gave it to him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He gave, it was plenty of times I couldn't afford to pay to go to the studio. And he was like, bro, just come through. Right. I love hearing you fucking rap, man. Just come do it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So... The part that I don't get is, especially as, as fellow artists who become promoters, mm -hmm. um, 
you know what this is like. Exactly. You know what this comes from. Kevin Iverson is just peeking on that. He said, some promoters suck. They give us good ones and a bad name sometimes. See me as a promoter. And I know Kevin. Kevin, Kev, yeah, Kev, you good people, you, no doubt. You, you legit Kev, good fuck, people. Bro. That's what's up. I yeah. can't even, bro. I fuck you Kev. and I were, yeah. bro, me and, me and Kev were in karate's class together. I know this man. I, you know what I'm saying? I know where he, I know where his head is. Shout out to all my martial artists. Yeah, what's up, y'all? Fuck How y'all guys. doing? Hell yeah. But yeah, man, he knows what's up. So, you know, it's like, so what we say, Kevin, is like, no, you are so right about that. Um, how people, you know, get, they, the, the promoters, they, they, a lot of them get a bad name. And there's some really good ones out there, man. Oh, yeah. And they're learning the oh, business. Yeah. Scott Elkins, what up, man? You know what I'm saying? Y'all, be, you know, get, they're, they're learning the business. And that's the good thing. You know, but just remember, guys, you guys, you know, y'all, y'all are artists just like us. No doubt. So just remember that. We got bills to pay. We got children. Some of we got children. So, you know what I'm saying? We got things to do, too. No so just doubt. remember that. That's all we're saying. Now, and we'll help each other out. Now, let's, uh, let's, uh, then, sorry about that. Oh, yeah, what was your, uh, what was your people talking? Uh, yo, I'm really loving this whole aspect of doing the live with the podcast because it kind of helps us steer the, the us subject steer. matter a little bit. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Okay, so here, my love, this lovely sister, uh, Mango. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Mango. Mango is, um, she's a sister, she's a sister who plays guitar. Word. She's a guitar player. Um, she's been, you, Mango, just kind of give us a little bit, am I, correct me if I'm wrong, love, you're just... You're pretty much just starting out as a guitar player. Um, if so, just tap, tap, yeah, you know, give me a heart or whatever, a like. Um, but to answer, you said, but why do we get, why do we get accused of liking white boy music when we create it all? Here's why. I can actually break that down. Yep. Okay. Now, I want us to think about this. Think about. Mm-hmm. This one right that here. might work. Yeah. Yeah, this will work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Think about. I want us to think about this. Think about our last names. Okay? Now, and, 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 and I'm, I'm going to go really deep into this. Think about last names, ladies and gentlemen. My last name is Bolden. Okay? If you look up the origins of the last name Bolden, it clearly states that that last name is an English Cheshire and Scottish last name name. Oh. Okay? Okay. It clearly states that. Now, my first name is, believe it or not, my first name is of an, is, is of African, is of African um, origin. Um, because it means, it, it means fisherman. Oh. Uh, Afri- yeah, okay. it means, it means fisherman in African. That's dope. Um, you want to try <laughs> We'll get to that, man. Don't worry. What's going on, new my homeboy? Oh, we got a couple people coming up on here. Nice that I'm friends with. So anyway, um, what's good with you, Oos? So, uh, but if you look at our last names, okay, our last names are of are of, of European descent. Absolutely. We were stripped of those. We were stripped of our own very names. Why? Because <laughs> it's mighty funny how people say they cannot pronounce. Um, Matumbo or a Akinumi, but we can say uh, Petrovisky or um, or we could say um, Kryplikowitz or, right? or Dirk Nowitzki or Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, or, or, Novi- or Novitski, which I love. Sorry, Dirk, I love you, you my dude, but bruh, <laughs> <laughs> but that we, damn the, name, bro. <laughs> right, but but you see what I'm saying? It's like we that's how we've been indoctrinated. So. To answer your question, Mango, 
Why is it like that? Because it's able, it's, it's, it's the reverse psychological effects of racism. The Stockholm Absolutely. Syndrome. Absolutely. Okay. It's making you and I feel bad about the fact that white people ended up pretty much taking over rock and roll with the radio by using the radio and of Elvis Presley. And that when we started, the, the, it made it to where when we, when the late, when the 80s came out, black people in rock and roll were almost obsolete. Mm. And then it wasn't, it wasn't until Living Color, but, the, but at the same Love time, there was, color. Oh, but, he, but in, within Living Color, the funny thing was there were bands like Bad Brains, um, Sound Barrier, um, Black Death. There was Death, the original Death before the death metal band Death. That was a black punk band from Detroit. Ah, okay, okay. okay. So you have all these bands. You've had Pure Hell. You've had all these. They're, they're like punk. Punk is originally of, of of black culture. It came out of black LGBT cultures and, and even um house music, techno music that came out of LGBT black LGBT culture. Okay. Okay. So I'm learning some shit today. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love Panther Politics. This is what I love about your 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 podcast is that we. We have a chance to come out and speak about yes. these things. Also, you guys on my podcast, I do the same thing. Black alternative talk and music, I do the same thing. So, but I talk more about the the origins of being black and and rock and, and into rock. Shout out to also my homeboy Corey Adams. He also does his um he's uh he's kind of taking a break right now, but um he has his podcast. He's also a, young, a black man does his podcast too. Oh um, shit! Shout out Free Smoke Podcast. Uh, Respect My Region and their podcast. I can't remember the name of it right now off the top of my head. And also uh, Hip Hop Seattle's podcast. Shout out to all of y'all, man, because y'all keep me motivated to keep doing what I'm doing. So uh, rest in peace to Town Talk Podcast. Hey. But y'all moving on to bigger and better things. That's all that matter, man. I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. It's all good, brother. It's all good. Now, now, you did say something that that, that, that led me to a question I've been dying to ask you, though. Mm. Okay, so... um, I'm a rapper, so so it's different for it's my my musical journey's been different. Yes. Not only I'm a rapper, which is technically looked at as ghetto music, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm from the ghetto, so it fits perfectly. Okay. Um, <laughs> but being not only a black man, but a black man in what is viewed from the outside with people who, without knowledge of the history of it, view as white music. Mm-hmm. Not only are you a black man in what is viewed as a white white music uh, genre. But you're a black, you know, LGBT representative yeah. in, in, in that in that culture. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So now in the midst of all of that, if you want, I can pause this and then we can get back to it when you hit the live back up. And then I can just edit it out. Either or don't matter. It's catching up. <laughs> yeah, it's catching up now. Well, let's keep going, man. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so, um, but yeah, so I guess the biggest thing for me is, like, what what are the barriers that you've seen thrown? Because, like, me personally, I, had you never told me, I wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But to me, me personally, I don't have any of those kind of barriers in front of me. I have, you know, I've, I've had gay people in my family my whole life. Right. Uh, you know, my wife's bisexual. So, like, there's no, I don't have that kind of barrier to my thinking. Right. But I know for a fact that, if, especially being involved in, in metal music, 
uh, and being involved with rock and all of these other things that that uh, are not are not normally things that they would expect to see black faces in. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And then to have that added element, you know what I'm saying? Because you represent and you're not ashamed of yourself, and, I, and I've always appreciated that. Well, thank you, brother. Having all of those things in place, what are some of the things you've been up against that were just like, fuck, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Well, this one, I'm glad you asked that one, because one of them is when I'm in a situation such as um, I got... I got, I started when I started speaking out about um, about uh, race about race issues in our society. Right. Um, especially when it was when Trayvon Martin. Mm. When they were in Tamir and for me, um, it was Tamir Rice. Yes. When I when the, when them two brothers and Michael Brown. Now I'm gonna be I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a little story about the whole Michael Brown incident. Well, um, this happened on Facebook. Um, during when Michael Brown, during the, the, um, testimony of his, or the, the trial or whatever, um, a lot of the metal, metal community was into this, was into this whole story too, right? A lot of them were siding with the cops. So siding, siding with Darren, they were siding with Darren Wilson. Oof. Well, I pulled a good old how do you say, uh, wrestling, a WWE turncoat. And what I did was I I wanted to see how many people would agree with me on this when I basically gave in to Darren Wilson being innocent, right? I played the role, I, I, and I, mind you, I did this so well. I basically said Darren Wilson was correct. Okay? Oh. Yeah, I did. I went there. And I want and understand this guys. The reason why I did this, and for all y'all I've been tuning in on this, this is my cape on my this I'm on my Coley Bolden page now. Um so guys, what's up y'all? I'm on Path of Politics doing my interview with my mm-hmm. man Seven the Panther right here. So um you guys are tuning into a podcast right now. Yes. So just to just to let y'all know that. Um but what happened was that I, when I, um, and for all y'all who are watching on the other one, sorry, they just ended up, I guess in time, the, the broadcast got interrupted. So that's why I, I switched over to, to my, um, Coley Bolden page. So, um, so anyway, I, I started seeing all these people, particularly white men and women who are like in agreement with me saying that the evidence showed that Michael Brown was in the wrong, right? <laughs> Let me tell you, though, in, in that whole process, it took everything in me not to snap. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I already know. But I wanted <laughs> to go through this because I wanted to weed them out. You got to know who you're it was, it was with. Like, it, yeah. was, it was sad, but it's like, we, it's like a, 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 a point of, you got to, when you're in metal, when you are black and in metal and you have the voice that I have and people are liking you and they're like, oh, Cole, you're a kick-ass front man. I mean, you know, just giving it to you and you're getting write-ups on reviews and shit and people are loving you. And then that happens. And then it's like, oh my God, well, what happened? It's almost like Lauren Ingram telling LeBron James, shut up and dribble. That's exactly what happened to me within the Pacific Northwest metal scene. 
I basically got told, shut up and scream. Shut up and wear your kilts. Shut up and just be a fucking front man, Coley. That's why I left Beyond Theory. That's why. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, those fuckers are still using my lyrics. Straight up. They're still using my lyrics. But this is what I had to face. Being in that, I couldn't even talk about if I talked about certain issues like dealing with being black in this society, I would get into arguments with the guy that I ended up, that was my guitar player and ended up becoming my roommate when he lost his place. Dude, let me tell you, I don't want to keep getting into, I don't want to go too deep into it, but it's, it, it was, it was, it was very, dude, it was ugly. And in fact, it, in fact, it still is ugly to this Ooh. day. Like I've lost someone. I, I lost someone who I once was in love with. I lost them Behind. to this, ba- to this battle, to this Fuck, fucking battle. Man. And it's sad because that very person, that very person, family member is facing racism. That very fucking person. This is what I face. And it's, it hurts. It, it does. It's devastating because it's like I put 17 years into this into this community. And they showed me their true colors when I showed mine. Oh, yeah. Okay? Oh, yeah. Like, when I showed that I am a black man who is fucking upset and tired of being mistreated within our society, then it was, Coley, you're no longer welcome. Oh, yeah. That's what I, oh, yeah. But at the same time, those same people don't realize the fuel that they sparked. That's what sparked, that's what sparked KP to kill a percussionist. That's well, what sparked. Hey, in that you know case, thank y'all. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank y'all, no doubt. Yeah. Now I will now I will say this, and I notice it in in hip hop as well. Um, uh, now mind you, I, I it took me a while to get used to seeing all the white boys at the shows rapping. It took me a while to get used to it. Um, it took me a while to get used to seeing all the white people in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just the whole blending of the whole like once I didn't realize outside of my own little hip hop world that I live in that hip hop had taken over the world. I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. Then when I start going to the show and I see, wow, there's an Asian rapper here. There's a white, there's like five white rappers. I'm the only black guy on the bill and this is a hip hop show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or I'll go and I'll be the only <clears throat> MC on the bill that's not doing trap music or the only MC that's not, you know, and it's a vibe. Man, fuck your vibe. Where the bars at? I want to hear what right. you're talking about. But anyway, we'll get into right. that another time. But, um, <laughs> but the whole thing for me was always, this is so strange. But then, like, you start forming friendships with these people, and they start becoming your homies. Shout out to Mighty and the Sword Records back home. Um, you know what I'm saying? Iconoclast, what up, y'all? How y'all doing? But I start noticing that when I start spitting my more, um, they call it controversial, I call it the truth. Mm-hmm. When I start spitting the facts about not just hood life, but mm-hmm. what's going on in America, a lot of those white rapper friends of mine started distancing, the, distancing yep. themselves from me. Yeah. And... Um, like there are some there are some people that I've met since I've been here that after some of the stances I've taken on things since I've been here, they don't really know me. I've only been here almost uh, less than three years almost at three this years, point. Yeah. But these are still people that in the short time that I've been here, I started to consider my, you know, at least close associates, if not friends. Mm-hmm. But then I noticed how they now they treat me differently mm-hmm. because of some of the things I've said. Oh, yeah. And 
I'm not changing my stance because I believe what I believe because as a black person who was growing up my entire life in America, I know what I'm dealing with. Exactly. Just because you choose from your rose-colored glasses not to see what's happening because you want to believe that, oh, man, hip-hop's bringing the world together. Yeah, hip-hop's bringing the world together, but guess who don't listen to hip-hop? The motherfuckers that make the decisions don't give two fucks about hip-hop. They sure don't. You know what I'm saying? Case in point, Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace, brother. Rising Power King, we miss you. We need we need a thousand more of you. Um, show you how backhanded the fucking government is. They praised Nipsey. Mm-hmm. They were going to meet with him to get his ideas on stopping the violence and things of that nature, and that's a beautiful thing. Yep. Uh, you know, and and even the police chief said I had to look at the thing three three times. I couldn't believe it said Nipsey Hussle for real. Like, mm-hmm. really? Um, yeah. So you praise him, you acknowledge what he's done, and you pull out all the stops to show love. And and I and I'm sure that my not only I as a person who didn't even know him personally, but his his family. I'm sure and his family and his loved ones. I'm sure they appreciate it. Yeah. But but then you to turn around. And the brother who he was even down there to help in the first place, the whole reason he was even at the marathon store, he wasn't supposed to be there that day. Yeah. The brother that he went there to help who just came home from 20-plus years behind the wall mm. to get him some clothes so he could be fresh when he go see his family, Yeah. who also got shot in the incident and who's now paralyzed in a wheelchair, you violate his fucking parole and send him back to jail. Wow. Are you serious? Wow. Are you serious? It's like our boy, uh, what's up with our boy? Hey, baby. It's like our boy Lavelle, like our boy Money Making Prince said, white man's justice, black man's grief. All the way live. All the way live, brother. All the way live. And you know the funny thing you were saying about how with the hip-hop community here. You know what? I I started getting into hip-hop here um, like um, about, I would say about 2010. Like I started really getting into the, um, 2008, 2010, I started getting into the scene here. And... I used and I would host, and that was one of the very first things that that grabbed me too was that I saw how many white people were into hip hop and how many times I were just like I was like damn I felt like I was at a metal show again like that was the yeah. only black person in hip hop <laughs> it was like what the hell and then I felt out and then it felt weird for me because here I am a black man who's into metal. And I'm like, but and I'm the, the only black guy in hip hop show. And then hold on, and then not only that, but then I'm from Detroit. You know then, what I mean? You know, and I'm just sitting here going, Chester Cheetah, I, 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 That's real shit, man. That's real shit. So that just, so it was just like to me, it was just like, wow, this is, this is insane. But then, you know, like you said, you start meeting people and things like that. But then it's, again, what got, it, it trips them out that here I am being a metal guy. And, you know, we start speaking about us. And oh, it's yeah. like, all of a sudden, it was like, they started being like, oh, my God. Oh, why you got to be like that? Music is universal. Da, 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 right? And it was like, okay, but you guys, you're not listening. You want to be hip hop, but you are not. Nah. You're not thinking on the level. You're not thinking on the level of the culture. You're not thinking about, well, let me go actually read Malcolm X's bi- autobiography. So then right? maybe I can understand what some <laughs> of these guys who do this stuff that I've been in- inspired to do by watching them, what pushes them, what motivates them. Exactly. Me and my wife just had a conversation last night. We almost literally got into an argument about it because we were, because we were, we were, we were saying 
almost saying the same thing, but because of the way we were saying it, it wasn't coming across that way. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I, me personally, I have no problem with you rapping, white guys, white mm. girls. I don't mm. have no problem with you rapping. Mm. Um, None at all. There are, there are some very simple things, though, that have to go along with that. One, you can never think that what you do is beyond the originators. Preach. Um, as dope as Eminem is, he's not the best ever. There's not going to be anybody no. that's the best ever who's not that doesn't look like us because we, we started it. Um, Preach. Second of all, if you're going to be a rapper, if you're going to be involved in hip-hop culture, whether you rap, DJ, B-boy, do graffiti, whatever you do, do your homework. Yeah. Know and understand where the culture came from, the artists that came before you that laid the path that you're able to walk on. And I'm not talking about white artists. Everybody knows Eminem. Everybody knows House of Pain. Don't look at them. Yeah. Take the opportunity to do the research on the actual culture of hip-hop exactly. and where it actually started from. When you start talking, when you start getting into that, that's going to change your perspective. It's not going to just be about money anymore because you're going to understand that you're a part of something so universal and so full and fulfilling yep. that you're going to want to be, really be a part of it, not just be a rapper. Understanding the essence of what hip-hop means. Yes. Understanding that, you know, it's the black CNN, people. You feel me? It is. Yeah. It's Chuck D said it best. I mean, I don't, and I know there are a couple people who are who are against Chuck D. I understand that, especially from the black alternative side. I can understand that, but at the same time, that is the base. It is the black CNN. Okay. And me being a musician, a hip hop musician, I know that. Why? Because I grew up around. Remember, I mean, you guys want to talk about Detroit's rap history? I can give you guys a couple names. I can give y'all Chaos and Maestro. Mm. Um. Box, you know, the box. I could give y'all Smiley, but I ain't friendly. You feel me? I could give y'all my, my homeboys AWOL. You know what I'm saying? 50 to zip, that's called a slaughter. Who played the game? Who hold the water? Y'all don't know nothing hey. about You know what I'm saying? Y'all don't know about that. That's what I'm saying, cats. You know, like, people don't get it. Like, I used to come out and say, well, my nigga, they call me black boy because I wasn't that color. And when I'm on the mic, yo, there is no other. I was kicking shit like that when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? I called myself KB Lover. You know what I Whoa. mean? The sweet little chocolate nigga. You feel me? I was there, <laughs> dude. I was there. You know what I mean? So it's like, I just, I, I, I do, I, I get very upset. Oh, yeah. When I see people who, you know, don't understand what hip-hop means like you know like i hear a lot of these people talk about especially white people i hear them talk about tupac but at the same time it's like he said it i would share the definition of balling with you white folks but no <laughs> right? like it's like you do like do y'all hear that like hey. do y'all hear that do y'all hear when when my man when my man grand verbalizer said he said uh chillian mcgilla Chocolate and vanilla, hockey polar bear, swing on vines with the gorillas, please. Okay, y'all, do y'all know what he's talking about? Brother J. Brother J. X Clan. Hmm. With the keys. Sissy. <laughs> do your homework. Do bro. your homework. Oh, guys. and the third rule, white rappers. I want y'all to pay very close attention to this one, because um, mind you, I moved here from the southeast, North Carolina. Um, Cody moved here from Detroit. I've lived in New York, Baltimore, North Carolina, and now Washington. And this is one thing that no matter where I stand on this planet, I will not stand for it. If you're a white rapper and I hear you and I hear nigga come out your mouth on the stage, I'm coming. I'm coming. Just so you know, 
I'm coming. And chances are, if I'm coming, the niggas is with me coming too. Chokeholds, leg locks. And then they be like, but you said it. Yeah, I said it. I can do that. Like you know what I'm saying? Said, like you said, it's our word now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's our word now. If y'all poster boy can so, go can go from 98 to 2019 being one of the biggest rappers in the world and I say it, you don't have an excuse. You don't have an excuse. Eminem is probably one of the most lyrical. He's fucking nuts. Yep. I mean, crazy with it. And all of those words that he said that he said on all of those songs since 1998 when his debut album dropped, all of those words that he's said since then, and that hasn't been one of them. That, now, there are people who are mad at him because he was 16 years old and mad at the black girl that he was dating, and he yeah. said the shit that he said. He was a 16-year-old kid. I'm not mad at him. He's made a whole lot of black people very rich since mm-hmm. he's been since he's been on. So, so fuck all of that. But yeah. he's done it all without having to say nigga one time. Well, I mean, you know, let's give it up. I mean, and if we're going to talk, we'll talk about right rappers. Let's, let's give it up to my man, Everlast. Everlast, yes. Everlast. Let's give it up to Everlast. Everlast, let's give it up. love. Let's give it up to Third Base. Yes. Third MC Base, Search. MC thank Search. Thank you for Nas. Thank you for Nas. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, and you know what? And thank you, MC Search, for being one of those white rappers who was not afraid to speak up against white people. Absolutely. He is like one of those guys... He got his little chubby self up, boy, could dance a little white ass off, but he spoke. He spoke, and he said, dude, this is why I do what I do. If y'all listen to Gas Face, he told y'all, black cat is bad luck. Bad guys were black. Must, Must have been, been a white, white guy who started all that. Back. Get the gas face with those little white lies. My expressions of the mountain of blue eyes. Why well, do you want to go off right now? <laughs> if you watch Bamboozled. If you watch mm-hmm. Spike Lee's movie Bamboozled, he says that that part in a, in 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 a, in, a, in the movie yep. as well. Like MC Search, uh, MC Search is a prime. A lot of people don't know this. I'm gonna give y'all a little piece of hip hop history right now. MC Search was present the night Scott Rock got murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Rock, uh, got murdered uh, in in the Bronx. Um, I can't remember the year off the top of my head. It was 80s, 87. 80s, was it 80s? 87 maybe? Yeah, 87. 80, I think it was 87. Yeah. So. Um, Everybody else is trying to stay calm and figure out what's going on. MC Search is in the hospital losing his fucking mind. Like, yo, let's go get the straps. Yo, who the fuck, who the fuck did this? Let's yeah. go get him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, there, it, to me, there's no division. I, I'm not divided from you by the fact that you're white. Right. That doesn't divide me from you. What divides us from each other is what happens up here and what it causes in here. That's what keeps us separate. Exactly. So, when I see Coley speak out and then I see Coley leaving a lineup of a show because he's not being allowed to say what he wants to say. That troubles me. Right. Like, just like if, uh, let me think, even if Cole Z, my man, what up, Cole? Cole if Z. Cole Z was on the show and was told, you <clears throat> can't so say crazy. that, that, this, that, and the third, and he steps off, I I would be behind him and defend him to the, to no end. Right. O.J. Marie, she's not black. She's not white. No. You know, she's tomorrow. If somebody does O.J. Marie wrong, that's my family. I'm going to stand up for her. Right, me too. But we have to get to a point where we know O.J. Marie and Cozy, you know why I love them? Because they participate in this culture of ours. And and when I say culture of ours, I'm being all-inclusive when I say ours. Yeah. But we know where it originated. They And they, they recognize the origin. They, they recognize forget, the origin they and they yeah. show respect to that. They show respect and they don't vulture. They don't, they, they're not... They're not appropriating and they're not vulturous. Exactly. About it, you know what I mean? Exactly. So that's why I, I agree, man. OJ Marie, big, big up. And Cole Z, big up, man. Definitely to Absolutely. you guys. My man Haku also, man. Haku, what? Haku's hey, dope. I love that guy, man. man. That's my guy. I love hey, that what's guy. What's going on, Craig? Man, this guy right here, Talmadge, man. He's so funny. He talked about, he talked about, 
original band I was in, he said that they like unseasoned chicken. You funny as hell, bro. You funny as hell. That was so wrong. I still, I'm still laughing about that. He's like, man, it's oh, like shit. unseasoned chicken. Oh God man, damn, Craig. that's crazy. Craig, Craig, damn it, Craig. Man, Craig, why you do that, man? You ain't got to burn them, Craig. <laughs> you ain't got. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Like, yo, that's crazy. But like, it's 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 bad, man. That we're in 2019 and we still have to have this conversation. It is. Like, okay, now I'm I'm gonna switch it off a of race for just a minute. Well, let me just shout out. What up, Magic Man? My boy Anthony Smith was good with you, bro. What up, though? Thanks for tuning in, man. Yes, sir. He's a um, man. He does. Ma- he's a magician, dude. This oh, word. Dope. Yeah, he's hella he, dope. He out here in the he out here in the tag. Yeah, he's out here in the tag. Oh, I yeah. got it. No, actually, it's hey, a federal way. Federal way. Federal way. Hey, man, make sure. Hey, my name on Facebook is Bunchy Carter, man. Tag yes. me up next time you got something going, man. I love magic. I'll come check you out, bro. Yeah, man. Um, Much support to brothers out there doing, brothers and sisters doing crazy shit like that. Now, Go I want to talk about, now, we talked about black and white. Now, I want to talk about black and black. Yes. This is, this, is, this is something that I've been wanting to get into with okay. somebody, <laughs> and I'm glad you're here for me to get into it with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, um, now, I use myself as an example most of the time because I want people to understand that I'm not speaking from outside experience. I'm speaking from something I know personally. Right. Okay. So, explain this to me. Why is it that, uh, you know what, I won't even use me as an example. I see it happen to a lot of people around here. Okay. You, you, an artist comes out with a project, and it's a dope album, and they do, and they do dope work. They put out good videos. They have a good stage show. And the people will support them openly to mm-hmm. their, you know, while, they're, while they're in front of them. But when it comes down to crunch time, when people start saying, hey, who do you, what do you listen to? Who do you listen to? They name all of these rappers and singers who sold millions of records already, who are already famous, and they yes. never give that same love to their local, local musicians. Yeah. Um, I have yet to be able to put my finger on the reason for that. I, a part of me feels like uh, some of it is like, oh, I can't do it, so why am I going to blow you up like that? Like, you know... Uh, and then another part of it is maybe they do do it, and they don't want to put you ahead of them. Um, you know, crab in the barrel mentality or whatever. But now, you don't rap, and I'm glad you don't. Yeah. Because if you did, man, those rhymes would be crazy as fuck. And, I, I, <laughs> and with none of us being a fuck with Coley, I'm glad Coley don't rap. But um, I mean, just. Like as far as this, especially here in Tacoma, man, and I, yeah. I want to specifically and no diss to Seattle, I love y'all too, but right here in Tacoma, there is a thriving, bubbling scene of music. Like there, there's some fucking talent here, man. You go over there, right on South Tacoma Way. That's becoming music. That's what they're the live music, uh, live music, live music uh, central, yeah. central, yeah. You so, got real art, so playing Brad Pig. Uh, what's the name? Of, uh, Airport Tavern. Airport it's all Tavern. kind of stuff yeah. going on oh, over man, there, man. Yeah. Like yes. Oh, and promoters, just so y'all know, I meant what I said on that post, that, that meme that I posted. If you're booking all these shows and these festivals and I ain't on the bill, your shit is trash. I'm going to just leave Ooh. it at that. But anyway, um, <laughs> but anyway, you know, we have a thriving. What do you think it's going to take for Tacoma to come out of the shadow of Seattle? Let's, let's just go with that because where I was getting ready to go with it, uh, fuck around hurt somebody's feelings and I'm not in the mood with that right now. Let's, <laughs> let's, just, let's just say that. What is it going to take? Because the, the big brother, little brother syndrome is serious between Tacoma and Seattle, oh, it bro. It is so is. real. It is. Oh, it's real. And I don't like it because I just came from that. Mm-hmm. Um, Greensboro and Winston-Salem, if y'all know anything about North Carolina, yes. Greensboro and Winston-Salem are the same distance apart as Tacoma and Seattle. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Greensboro's the big brother because it's more built up metropolis uh, as far as being a metropolitan area. But Winston-Salem kind of has a richer history. So, you know, but Greensboro looks down on Winston. Just like right. I feel like since I've been here, what I've noticed, Seattle looks down on Tacoma. Mm-hmm. So what what is it going to take for us to break that? Well, I number one, I think, and I'm glad you asked that question, I feel like artists, like transplant artists, like yourself, me, um, coming in and saying, dude, you guys, it's a, it's, this is, you guys have a hell of a scene. And just us coming into a place like, coming into somewhere like Tacoma, I feel that, and if you think about it, you look at what we're doing, people do come out. It's just that they're, the thing with a lot of, uh, I've noticed this with a lot of local Tacoma artists, people were born, born Tacoma artists, born and raised here, is that, you guys don't. You guys don't rep your. You don't rep your city outside of Tacoma. Exactly. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that you guys have to. You guys have to go out there. Yeah, and Tacoma is growing. That's true. I agree with you on that, Trevor. Um, but the thing is that you. It's it's about us just getting out and really supporting each other. Yes. Um, transplant artists getting out there and you know if you you're living in Tacoma like me I'm always saying you know hey you do the same thing oh yeah you give a shout out to Tacoma you show love to Tacoma um it, doing that a lot of people are like oh man you know because I've had people like man a lot of these artists they don't show they come from here and they don't really want to show the love that they're from here right you know it's Oh man, that's place so ghetto, and that's where you can pull, you know, you can pull music licks and this, that, and other. There's always that negative connotation um, that goes on with 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 this. But in actuality, partly, the scene is definitely growing. Here. Oh yeah, man. Good and time. like I said, the one thing that we have to do is just we have to keep supporting and just you know just letting people know, hey man, it's you know it's definitely. There's definitely a scene out here. Oh, yeah. Mm. And also, yes, stay for a whole show when y'all play. Like Please. you guys, Like, you guys, if y'all got, man, you support, support each other. Don't, don't leave. I used to hate that, man. I used to hate being with people who would want to leave after I got done performing. Man, yeah. Also, yes, yeah, stop asking the guest list, okay? 5 or 15 for a show, that's true. It's nothing. You waste that much money on shit you ain't even gonna use. Really? Like I used to tell my brothers all the time, we do the, the 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 normal ticket for a show in North Carolina, especially an independent a show full of independent artists, is gonna be five bucks. Yeah. Okay. Hey man, think you can get me on the list? No. You know why? Because I was just at your house this week, and guess what I saw? You had three sodas that you bought. You drank half, and then you just let the rest of it get warm. So that's at least. Four and a half dollars right there. That's almost five bucks there. Then you bought a pack of cigarettes. You smoked three of them, decided you wanted to quit and gave them away. That was another five, six, seven dollars right there. Ten Um, now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So you, you, I literally have watched you waste $25 this week, and now you can't pay $5 to come see me rap. Nope. And like my man Trevor said, you bought two Starbucks, you bought two fucking cups of Starbucks coffee for $15. You feel me? And that shit ain't even good. No. You can brew your own coffee. <laughs> Seriously, and that shit ain't any good. Like, really? bro, I, I, I personally feel you because um, my man K do 
Uh, what up, K. Do? He um, he told me he said, you know the funny thing, man, you're not even from here, and I've seen you perform in Olympia, I've seen you perform in Tacoma, I saw you perform somewhere else. He said, and that I have not seen a single person from Tacoma represent Tacoma as hard as you do. No. And I'm like, well, you know, there's a reason for that because I feel like no matter where I go, if this is where I live, this is where I'm planting my flag. Um, Wherever I go, I need to make that known exactly. because there are other talented people here in Tacoma that may not get to go to places I'm getting to go. And if they, if these people start being tuned into Tacoma, mm -hmm. they find out about these artists, and that opens the door for that artist now to go to that place that they never would have had the chance to go to in the first place. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's all about opening doors for each other, man. And I mean, you, you, you really like boosted my confidence the first time I met you. Oh, um, you, you know, I performed at Real Art. Uh, as a matter of fact, with Cozy, and it was also the same yeah. night I met OJ Marie. Um, so I, I performed there, man, and, and you were like, "Bro, yo, you got you got bars. You, your stage presence is dope." You and and like, you were the first person in Washington. This this that was probably my third time performing in Washington, but mm -hmm. you were the first person to approach me after the show and tell me exactly what you thought of what I did. And I was like, you know what? He knows his shit, and I can tell you know your shit. If he likes it, I'm doing something right. And I don't gotta change. I can my, keep doing me. My daughter fucking grabbed a CD immediately from her. <laughs> she did. <laughs> and, and mind y'all, my baby girl, my she's twenty two now. And y'all, Carla, her musical taste is so it's crazy. She's into twenties, like nineteen twenties crooning, like Nat King Cole, Frank. That's my baby. My eldest baby likes that. That's her style. Okay. And she'll tell you like she's like, Dad, I cannot get into she won't she can't get into new R and B. She's like, it's just too it's too sexual for her. Oh yeah. You know, and I'm like, and it's just and it just it's amazing that's my you know, that's my baby saying this, right? So it's like you know that it, it, it's one of those things like I knew like with music, like I had this thing. I mean, because I grew up my grandparents, man, bless their hearts. My mom, you know, my fam my family period. You know, we grew up, grew up around so much music, you know, and, you know, living three houses down historically from Stevie Wonder, you know what I mean? Like going to, going to school with, graduating school with, 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 with Aretha Franklin's niece. Shout out to my homegirl, C. Franks. What's up, baby girl? How you doing? See you living. Happy belated birthday to you too, mama. You're older than me. You still, you look way better than me. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, new rap and R&B is lazy. I wouldn't, okay, with that, I wouldn't necessarily call it lazy. I would call it, I would say, I would say it's been pimped out. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, if you want to really, if you really want to know what it is, oh, uh -oh. Shit, I'm always going out. Dang it. Oh, shit, it's all good. But, yeah, it's, it's basically... That's what's happening with with hip hop music is that it's it's actually it's being pimped out. Oh man, yeah. Um, that's that I think the reason why they would say lazy is because everything sounds so similar, so it's almost like a cookie cutter here. We got twenty beats from this one producer, they all sound the same. We're gonna send them to twenty different artists. Y'all all make a song. Okay, the first artist made this song, it was a hit. Okay, so now every other song from the other nineteen people needs to sound like this one. Right. Um and I mean that's that's uh that's a sign of a lot of things. It, it, for one, it's a sign of the fact that artists have started to relinquish control of, of their artistry. True. Um, I would never sign a 360 deal. There's nothing about that that even sounds appealing to me. Mm -hmm. um, 
especially when I've seen so many guys win and be successful as independents. You know what I'm saying? Uh, independent independent artists, in my personal opinion, are the smartest people in the world because I understand that even if I sell, you might sell a million and I might sell 500, mm-hmm. but if I, that 500 I sold is all mine, I'm probably going to make more money than you. Yeah. Not only not. that, but then I get to book my own tour and go where I want to go and I get to keep the money for that. I don't have to give any to the record label. Exactly. I get to sell my merch. I don't have to give that to the record label. All of that's me because I did it. Um, you know, and it, you know the independent spirit is strong here in Tacoma, from what I can see. Like mm-hmm. it, it's strong out here on the West Coast, period. Absolutely. And that's one thing that I will say. Um, I, like from watching E Forty when I was younger, and I understood what he was doing. Him, Master P, uh, Cash Money. Now, granted, all of those guys ended up signing deals, but the way that they signed their deals were different. Yeah. They signed distribution situations as opposed to actually having to sign a record deal. Tech Nine. Yeah, Tech, Tech Nine is a fucking, oh, God, he's a monster, man. Yes, I love him. Yeah. I love him. Yes. He really is. I met Tech in North Carolina and Charlotte, um, and I just told him, I said, yo, I, I will say this. I, got, I, go, I caught on to your wave late. I don't necessarily like all of your music, but you are an inspiration to every independent artist in existence. Oh, absolutely. Every independent artist, no matter what genre, in existence should 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 pay homage to you. Oh, they should. Because you've made it plain that we don't need corporate record labels in order for us to get our art to the people. Nope. We don't need them. And nope. they're starting to figure it out, which is why they're scrambling to sign every little whoever they can to try to keep somebody on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say, I made this, I made this prediction the other day inside my head, and I'm going to say it out loud. In the next 20 years, record labels are going to disappear. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. They're going to disappear. You may still have your boutique labels that do certain things. Like, you may have a little country label over here that puts country artists out, a little mm-hmm. rock label over here that puts rock, I mean, maybe a little little rap label over here that does something. Right. But most of the artists that you're going to hear are all going to be doing their own thing. Like, I, I told somebody the other day, they were like, who you signed with? I said, I'm signed with Seven the Panther Records. <laughs> right. Distributed by Seven the Panther Entertainment. <laughs> you, you know go. what I'm saying? And so, I mean, that's that's just the way it is, man. And we have, uh, you you are definitely one of the, I, the way I look at it is this. When I look at the Tacoma scene, I say, okay, I know this person, that person, that person, that person. Mm-hmm. If I have to, to name the four people who are, who are carrying the most weight in the scene right now, as far as Tacoma goes, you are one of those people because you know everybody. Not only do you know everybody, you've been supportive of everybody who is deserving of that support. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but also you extend your art to include other people. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I love J. Cole, but I'm like, dude, when are you ever going to rap with somebody else? Yeah. Like, I, I applaud you for the no features thing, but at a point, after a while, I start feeling like you're just being greedy and you don't want to mm-hmm. pay nobody. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, like, you know, that's yeah, just me. Exactly. But. I would love to him. Yeah, I mean, and two, if he would... I think if you hooked up with quite a few cats, it would help them step their game up. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and then you would hear better. You would hear better. You would hear better rhymes. You would hear better. You hear tighter bars. You know what I'm saying? And and that's the thing. Like, and when we start, we were talking about building niche. Um, talking about with lyricism, people are saying how lyricism, and I know you've mentioned this. You felt like lyricism is losing its place. No, it's not. What's happening is that it's starting to become a niche. Right. Okay. Right. Right. And the blessing of a niche is where you, as an artist, are able to build your own surrounding. Like I have this young brother um, I'm working with, um, that I'm be uh, performing with, 
gonna be playing drums for him. His name's Strings. Okay. Okay. Um, he's from, he's from St. Louis, St. Louis brother. Um, but we have a show. We have three shows coming up: 18th, the 19th, and the 20th. And um, oh, okay, okay, that's yeah. the thing that uh, Kush was talking about, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Word up. Word up. Word up. Yeah. So we got that, and so where he's got you know this intimate setting, and it's gonna be, and both all three are intimate settings. You can build, you can build a nostalgia like you can build your niche like that. Yes. You can get where, hey, you know what? Let's have, uh, let's have lyrics to go, right? You know, build something like that. Real art, boom. I mean, you know, you can get so many people will come to lyric, will come for that because they're like, oh shit, somebody spit some real bars. You advertise it, get it out there, and people will be like, okay, yes, I want to go. This is how you build those niches. No okay? doubt. You think about, think about um, team backpack. Okay, yeah, they was just here the other night. Yeah, they was just here Saturday exactly. night. Yeah. See, so you think about all right. Well, where, where, where's, where's, where's one for us? Where's the, where's the uh, Tacoma freestyle? You know what I mean? Like we can, oh. you know what I mean? Like we can don't get me started on that. Right, but we, but we can definitely do stuff like that. Like you know, we could put, you know, put some money towards the real art. Rent it, rent it out. Hey man, start selling. Get get sales going. People, I know people will show up. Oh, yeah. Have one where it's like lyricists, poets, and, and percussion. You know what I mean? Ooh. Right? Getting those type of people where people vibing on that level. You know what I mean? And then, you know, get get some, uh, get a, a coffee company or somebody to start bringing in coffee, have where we can relax, chill, and then be able to listen to these, to the MCs. Building those type of niches. No doubt. Okay? That makes you, sense. You really, I mean, and think about it. When you build it and you build around something unique, like, I think I really I, I'm sorry, I love the idea of percussionists and 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 MCs. I love that. It's raw, it's energetic, it's it's everything that when when you guys when y'all came on stage and rap, man, when y'all came on stage and rap with me, bro, I was just like, you don't know how it makes me feel to when guys just come up there and they just go raw because that's where people and this is where I got that and this is where I got that um that inspiration from was, I remember, um, you remember that, that sign people used to put up about how they got tired of the people rap, get cats rapping over their studio tracks? Yes. That's what inspired me to say, you know what, fellas, if y'all want to freestyle, come on up here and let's kick it. Let's bring it raw. When that, that happened, I did it my first time, I did it at the um, Lavoya. Uh, That's okay. when I did it. Taz came up on stage and Rick and um, uh, who else? Uh, Big Rose from um, um, from um, um, Kings of One. He came up there and busted. And they had another young, another brother, white brother. He came up there and, and, and smashed too. And then I did it over at uh, Gloria's over here and on Pac Ave. And um, Maserati came up there. Shout out Maserati. <laughs> Maserati, what up, homie? Yeah, he came up there and, and, and spit, you know, spit some, spit some. Um, some fire and uh, Scribbler, Scribbler the Reaper, big up Scribbler. No doubt, yeah. You know no what I'm doubt. saying? He came up there and did too. So it was one of those things. And then you, of course, man, you came and lit up the whole goddamn arena. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> and just by the way, one, I'm just straight up put it out there, man. Seven is definitely my favorite MC in this era. Like, I don't care, local, national, oh, international. Man. man, this man right here, I'm telling you guys right now, y'all. Get out there and listen to what this man does. Y'all, I'm black as hell and I'm blushing right now. <laughs> Niggas, they turn the purple. I'm black as God. hell. I'm blushing right now. I ain't even gonna stop. <laughs> but yeah, but seriously, 
guys, like, I just, I really do it. And I want y'all, man, to really listen to what this brother, listen to this man, man, his freestyle. Freestyles be off the chart. It's almost like this man can free, he can freestyle a song. I've done that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and you did. I mean, I've, I've listened to it. I'm rapping this shit. I'm like, this thing, oh my God, <laughs> bruh. Bruh, so you guys, man, y'all gotta check out my man Seven, yo, for real. Man, I just, appreciate that, man. Bro, yeah, man, I appreciate you, dude, just for being this the MC that you are. Like, I just, you know, and it's like my man. Shout out to Money Making Prince. He said up, that Prince? too. You know, he said that you know he loves hip hop, and it's funny, like he spit that real that street. Oh yeah. From you know from what his from a situation, you know, being a young brother that was tried as an adult, and here he is out here just killing the game. And, you know, you can hear that when he raps. Oh, yeah. You can definitely hear my man got skills. He walked up to me that night at Columbia City Theater. He was mm-hmm. like, yo, you be spitting that shit. Okay. That's what he, that's what okay. I know, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That, because he was, he noticed that. Shout out, my man Tay Zooted. Tay Zooted is another young brother. I man, Tay can flow. Tay got skill. I listened to him. He was doing the uh, Bass Rock Challenge. Mm-hmm. And he can't, man, Tay went all. He went off on that. He spit some of the realest shit. I remember that line. My my mama and my, my mama and my daddy sold dope. Oh, when he did that, that shit hit me in the heart because I relate to that. I feel Hell yeah, you know, absolutely. I relate to that, man. And that's why I just, man, when I see this, like, it just, like you said earlier, man, going back to that, you can't, you, you guys out there, man, y'all cannot fuck with the kings. Y'all can't fuck with the gods when it comes to this. This is that rap is rap is ours. It's ours. And mean when you hear these brothers giving it like that, that's where that niche, man, we need to build that. Build that lyricism, man. Bring, bring that bring that niche. Shout out Stewie See? Newton. Yes. Uh Real Cosby, formerly known as Star. Shout out Don James, my man Literal. Um Literal. Real Life, George Cush. Yes, sir. Um all the all of y'all artists, man, that I've met out here who are dedicated to the words that you put on paper. Mojo, uh, Mojo Barnes, my mm-hmm. brother. Mojo. Uh, I was getting ready to shout. I was getting ready to shout the Universal Groove Squad out. Mojo Barnes, Ethos, Jules Ethos. Cipher. Um, I just want to thank y'all, Ready Ron. Thank y'all so much for including me and what y'all for 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 believing that my talent was was at a level to run with y'all, man. I appreciate it. And Coley, man, I thank you. For coming through, being a part of the podcast. Tell the people where they can find you online. Yeah, man, you guys, you can find me. I check out my um, check out my uh, website. It's www.taintednoveltyrecords.com. Again, that's www.taintednoveltyrecords.com. That, that name is dope. <laughs> I know. Thank you, man. I got it came that that came out from being a black alternative artist, man. That that you know I'm. I'm a tainted novelty, brother. Do you know I what I'm saying? You. So that's why. At least that's, that's how they that. view you. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 and But I'm taking it to that level, man. And so there, um, you guys can check me out on Instagram. Just go KP, the killer percussionist. The is spelled T-H-A, and killer is spelled K-I-L-L-A. Okay? So for all you guys that don't know that, I know that sometimes that happens. Also, I want to give a shout-out to my man, Ethos. Bro, I miss you. I'm sorry we got into it. I love you, man. You still one of my dudes, man. I just want to, you know, just kill that noise and let's just get back together making this music that we know how to make, bro. So anyway, but that and just um, you guys can check me out on Facebook. Also, I have my page up on um, Facebook, my pro, my um, my business page, KP the Killer Percussionist. Um, this 
this Saturday, I will be playing at the World Rhythm Festival. Um, I'll be doing my I'll be doing my conga number on there. Um, I go on about 1:15, so you guys can come on out. Uh, the show it starts at 10, so come on out and vibe with us. It's free. It's at the Seattle Center in the Armory on Saturday, 4:20. Come out and blaze with us and play some drums. Let's Give do you something it, man. to do. Oh yeah, man, it'd be so fun. It's gonna be such a killer. Killer show, man. So seeing that that's getting ready to happen Saturday, I'm probably going to drop this podcast Thursday, so that way people can get the info before the show, huh? Word. Uh, also, on 420, um, Gifted Gab and Antoine Vincent's album, Cause and Effect, comes out. Um, there, there's a lot of things happening on 420, but, um, you know, of course, those of us, especially those of us who live in states where it's legal, we celebrate the way we do. Oh, yes. Um, so <laughs> even if you want to stay where it ain't legal, fuck the police, blaze up, 420, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know how we do it. Um, thank y'all so much for tuning in, man. This is my man, KP, the killer percussionist. For those of y'all who are into Como, who, who know him before, before the percussion jumped off, my man, Coley. Yo, that's <laughs> this is family right here, man. So thank listen, you. y'all make sure y'all lock in with him. If y'all need uh, drums for your, you need drums for your session, holla at my man. Uh, if you need a drummer for your show, holla at my man. He will come turn it out. Awesome um, scream. I can do metal oh, vocals still and all that and, good stuff. And he's guitar. still a killer metal front man <laughs> and bang on the... Listen, man. Talent is the one thing that the world cannot take from you. The world cannot take your talent away from you, no matter what happens. So don't ever feel like... I'm just going to say this as I close out to, to go back to something Coley said earlier. Don't ever let somebody make you feel like because you've reached a certain plateau in the time that you've been on this planet that it's time for you to hang it up. As long as the gift is still there. I know y'all probably heard that knock in the background. Come in. Yeah, my man, my videographer Munson just got here. We can ready to shoot the video for my next single. So, yo, thank y'all so much for tuning in to Panther Politics, man. Y'all keep y'all head. Stay true to yourself. Stay true to your dreams and never give up. You heard? One.